George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Russ. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I have one question for Bowie before we're done. Okay, what is it? Jason, Jose, or Grant? Ah, welcome back to Daddy's Fantasy Basketball League Podcast. It is championship week, baby. I'm your host, Cam Daig, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Gabe Sabarzo. What's up, Gabe? Championship boy, you're in it. You got to represent. I'm in it, and that is a ton of energy from somebody who just lost a 4-4 matchup on a tiebreaker, but I appreciate it. We're here. We're going to talk about it. Hopefully, uh, we get some guest appearances later in the pod, but if not... Uh, we've got uh, we've got Zach as well this week. What? <laughs> Zach Mueller, welcome back to the pod, buddy. It's been a while. Yeah, I was going to say, it's all coming to an end, just like Cam's season. Well, yours has been over for quite a while, <laughs> um, so I'm glad I could join the party. Uh, but yeah, how is, uh, how's life been, man? How you how you doing? I want, I want everybody to know, Dude, too, I that Zach... One uh, week. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, two weeks ago. <laughs> I was gonna say I want everybody to know that Zach joined the call after working like a six hour day, which most of us do every day, and was like, Here, you're welcome for my presence. I'm blessing y'all with this hour of my presence. He's... Now they're forgetting to mention I, I drove across the whole state of fucking Kentucky today. <laughs> now this guy comes in and he said, You should thank me for being here. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was funny. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, we're hoping, kind of like Gabe said, we're hoping to get Bowie a little bit later uh, if he can make it. If not, it'll be fine. Um, and then we actually got some. We talked about Ramsey being on the podcast. Uh, he was having internet issues, uh, so I don't know what was going on there. But he uh, took the time to type up an email, all of his thoughts. Uh, and send it over to me so i'm gonna hopefully represent ramsey in this podcast today um and he had some funny notes on individual teams which uh we'll get into a little bit later um but gabe how you feeling man does it feel like a championship week did you uh did you wake up nervous like what was what, what was the feeling so so it does feel like a championship week it's a little bit weird because in years past, like with any fantasy sport, right, you typically want your season to end before the last week of the regular season. So at first I was like, am I about to win on the back of like Armani Brooks and Kyrie Thomas and some of these like Rockets <laughs> rookies and like Iggy Brasdakis? Like, are these going to be the guys that win me the championship? But it's actually shaping up to be a lot more exciting. And with the star players maintaining their caliber or their, their caliber of play, really, because there's still so much up for grabs. I think, like, technically, there's only, like, seven teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention, and, like, 
only a handful, maybe five or six, that have really clinched playoffs. So these middle-of-the-pack teams, even the ones that you think are definitely going to make it, uh, kind of shoe-ins to make it, like, I don't know, the... Uh, the Mavericks are kind of in this boat where they're playing not to be in the play in the play in, but they're really just playing for seeding. Um, but it's still like these games are important and there's 15 games on Sunday. So we, even though we'll have a pretty good idea of what the matchup is going to look like heading into the weekend, like anything can happen in 15 games with so many active roster spots. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. That is uh, all that to say. Um, it has, it is shaping up to be, quite the uh, fantasy championship so bring it on well and that's one of the byproducts of the play-in tournament and so i know we kind of we we haven't really gotten into this discussion on the pod um there's been a little bit of discussion through the sleeper app i know zach when the mavericks were in danger of possibly being in it all of a sudden you hated it but um i i think it's going to be a great thing and i and i think this year Although it's kind of the year from hell where it's like, man, we got all these games back to back to back. Um, this is why you have it. Like, this is why you have the plan. We're going into the last week of the NBA and there's so much up for grabs. Just like Gabe said, there's only really like six or seven teams who are actively trying to lose games or are like resting a ton of players. Um because they don't care about their season anymore like this is incredible we're in like the last five days and there's still so much so much that can happen there's so much seeding changes that can take place uh nobody from like the western conference who are in those top eight seeds wants to be in the play-in like the lakers or the war uh, i'm sorry the lakers or the trailblazers or the mavs um but then you have like all these teams still fighting for that play-in position uh with the warriors and the grizzlies and the spurs and pelicans and even the kings are still in it you know so it yeah, just like the kings and the bulls still haven't even been eliminated it's crazy so it's crazy it, exactly um but I, it's just another added benefit to the play-in and i think it's you know lebron said whoever came up with it should lose their job or be fired or whatever um but I mean, you're going to see that guy get a raise because this is this is becoming exciting and now everybody's going to have their eyes on that play-in tournament. So it should be it should be fun. Like NBA-wise, it should be fun. Fantasy-wise, uh, it, it's a great benefit for fantasy basketball because, Gabe, like you said, like star players are going to play. Like, and yeah. it matters, you know? So it's not... It's not uh, it's combating some of the resting or uh, load managing as we get closer to the end of the season because teams just can't take a break. Like, they got to fight for those spots. Yeah, no, which, for sure. Which is really cool. Zach, now that... I, uh, I was going to say, uh, you actually ask uh, Zach what you were going to ask him, and I'll bring up my uh, topic of conversation in a second. Zach, now that the Mavericks uh, look to be clear of the play-in tournament, how do you feel about it? They're definitely not clear yet, but I still don't don't think a ten seed take over a seven seed. I don't think that's that's right. I don't even think a ten seed should be in the discussion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank thanks for the insight. Appreciate it. I mean, it, it, why why do the Spurs deserve to be there right now? And who's 10th in the East, the Wizards? And they have a negative record by, like, five or six games? Yeah, but, I mean, the yeah. Wizards the Wizards are a perfect example for why it's actually a good thing. 
Like, they're one of the hottest teams in the NBA, and they lost all the games at the beginning of the year because they were dealing with COVID complications, like their roster was a mess, uh, they were suffering from some injuries, and then the trade deadline came, uh, they got some some boost of energy from, uh, uh, what's the name of that center, or whatever, you know who Gafford. I'm talking about? Yeah, Gafford, Daniel Gafford has really been a boost to them. Who plays, who plays 12 minutes a night. Yeah, exactly. The 12 minutes are, like, the, great. Like, is absolutely an injection of energy and should play more but scott brooks has decided that they did you see he they asked him like is his recent performance warrant more playing time and scott brooks was like oh yeah and he he's played a mess, bro. 50 seconds more the next night <laughs> he's a mess. so he played 14 minutes then he played 14 minutes and 50 seconds so nice but for the playing it would time. just it would be a travesty to not have the wizards have an opportunity to keep pushing for this play-in and I think that's what you're going to continue to get. Um, and, and I love it. Like, I think it's exciting. I think it has brought a new excitement towards the end of an NBA season. It's going to bring a new excitement to these play-in games. Like, bro, who wants to play the Warriors in a play-in game? Like, that sounds horrible. And I and I promise you the Celtics don't want to play the Wizards in a play-in game because the Celtics are going the opposite direction, you know? So I, I think it provides that excitement, um, and that's why I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, the I think the real travesty here would be mediocre coaches getting bailed by a play-in game because let's face it, like Scott Brooks has been a nightmare in Washington. Yeah. And coaches like I don't know, like Billy Donovan in Chicago and like uh the Kings coach Luke Walton, like all three of those coaches should probably lose their jobs because of the handling of the of this the talent that they have on their teams is underperforming and at some point you have to look at the coaching and the minutes decisions and the the playing time decisions and just game plan decisions and so i think the real travesty in all of this is with 10 teams making it in in each conference like does that now give you an excuse to oh like we made the play-in, so now it's on my resume that I made this playoff appearance. And so I promise, like, we're well on our way to building up the team the way that we want the management, or the way that the management expects from us. Even though, like, it's already hard enough. Like, uh, I think of the Raptors when they were, um, like, they they were, per, they were they were a playoff team for a long time, and then they had the the wherewithal of the management to be like, look, we know we're right on the cusp, but we're gonna have to fire this coach and hire a new coach who like inevitably won a championship that next year with uh, Kawhi Leonard on that team so it's just it's gonna make those coaching decisions a little bit harder and I think it's unfortunately gonna let mediocre coaches stay around a lot longer which is kind of a bummer but like for the excitement of the NBA I think it is it it is great I, I don't like it when the last week of the NBA is just I don't know. Like I said, it's just like a rookie showcase, and it's basically just who who is going to. Uh, it's a game of tank the best. It's a game of who that man. The best. Yeah, exactly. So or who he anyways. play for or whatever they call exactly. it on TNT. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I but, get what you're I saying. Mean, Go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. It, it definitely gets more teams involved, but the. I still just think, like, a team that's been as bad as the Wizards have been this year, I don't think they deserve a shot. And COVID's kind of a bad excuse because the Mavs, you could flip that and do it the other way. 
the Mavs probably wouldn't even be in this position if they hadn't all. We had like five guys get COVID at once, and that was like our worst stretch of the season. So we wouldn't even be fighting for a, an above seven seed if it weren't for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I get. I I really do get what you're saying. Um, I just feel like this does provide an opportunity to have the the eight best teams at the time of the playoffs beginning to be in the playoffs and yeah um, well, i can tell you if, if the lakers lose somehow in the plan and don't make playoffs i bet you they take it away because they're gonna lose so much money from that i maybe i i don't know we'll see the lakers I being just, in I, it will have a lot of eyeballs I, on I it i don't see the i don't see the lakers losing two games to any of these playing teams and if they're gonna lose to the playing teams no yeah yeah they're, like, like they were gonna do terrible in the playoffs like 45 yeah so if this lakers team can't beat the warriors team with just steph like they were going to get walloped by any of these guys by the suns probably and and well, they the, did lose to the raptors by like 30 the other day that's true Gabe, I get what you're saying about the mediocre coaching. I I do think that you are going to see even more so how important it is for like organizational structure. Um, And and honestly, what the goals of each organization is. Clearly, it is a goal for the Wizards this year to make the play in. Right. Like they their organization feels that that's very important. That's why they traded for Russell Westbrook. That's why they've continued to try to win games. Um but then you take a look at somebody like the Raptors. The Raptors had an opportunity to make the play-in game, but that organization yeah. is set up not to just want to make the playoffs, but they want to be as good as they can. And they see an opportunity right. to do a quote-unquote quick tank. They can get a better exactly. draft pick, and then that's going to utilize and or be utilized going forward um, for hopefully like more organizational success. Right. right. In, in the I future. think they know that that Kyle Lowry's on his way out in the off season, so they kind of, even regardless of um, whether they made the plan or not, they knew that their team was going to take on a new identity the next year. Mm-hmm. So I think that like there's multiple uh, like factors that factor into a decision like that. But I, for the most part, believe that the Raptors are a pretty well-run organization. And so it's... Uh, oh, no doubt. Like, it's just these mediocre organizations are going to stay mediocre because now their coaches who they have, like, for some reason decided are, are, are good enough are going to stay just barely good enough instead of maximizing their chances at a championship with a hard, okay, you didn't make... Like, making the play-in in the Eastern Conference shouldn't be an accomplishment for a team with as much talent as that Wizards team is. But from, like, an organizational standpoint, it might be considered that. And so now Scott Brooks is going to negotiate an extension this offseason. I can I can see it already. Yeah, we'll see. And if it's up to Russ, who's the best Wizards player, he uh, he might get it. So we'll, we'll yeah, have to see no, him. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that's the... Uh, other thing too is that brooks there's like these like uh like bonds between a coach and a player that sometimes are they heavily outweigh like Mm -hmm. actual logic and so the fact that russ or uh bill or uh scott brooks coached russ in okc like and the fact that uh like thibodeau coached derrick rose like they know how to maximize those guys and that in and of itself is 
uh, it's good, but it, it shouldn't be the end-all, be-all. I don't think that you can get the most out of a Derrick Rose now or or a Russell Westbrook now and, and win a championship on the back of that, you know? Well, Maybe at one point you could, but... Before you go off on all the Russ slander, shout-out uh, shout out to the Brody. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, he surpassed Oscar Robertson for the triple-double record, um, which I don't care who you are. That is an incredible accomplishment, um, I was actually listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, which Bill Simmons is like a known Russell Westbrook hater and typically has been in the past. Um, but even he gave like major props to Russ. Uh, and he actually said he actually said that he has become more glass half full with Russell Westbrook um, that for like 46 minutes of a game, he is a top 10 NBA player like in the league um but then for those last two minutes like it's just a it's just craziness you know which is it which is the knock yeah. on russ but yeah. um but he just i thought he put it really well when he just said this is this is the number one player in the league that gives a damn every single night and you know like right. that just sums up russell westbrook totally and surely and it's why the it's it's why the Wizards are where they are today, fighting for a playoff spot because he just refuses to quit um, and plays uh, plays extremely hard, and he's super talented. So shout out to the Brody. He deserves all the respect that he has gotten these last couple days, this last week, um, and like what he has done is just absolutely incredible, especially considering um, triple-doubles really weren't on his radar until... I believe like the 2015-2016 season is really when he started racking up triple doubles, um, which is which was a good number of years into his career. So I can only imagine what that number would be like if he had a uh, if if this had kind of been on his radar from the beginning. So um, pretty incredible what he's done the last five or six years. Oh, for sure. You also don't like you don't just stumble across twenty NBA assists in a game <laughs> on accident. You know, like he's he's one of the best playmakers in the NBA, and that's never been my uh, my fault with him. I like yeah, respect to Russ, and uh, he's he's played great these last this since he came back from the injury and has settled into this role on uh, this team. Bradley Beal or no Bradley Beal, like he has this Wizards team performing at a much higher level than they 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 were without him. So kudos absolutely zach any uh words for uh basically lucas clone that's the response you get. <laughs> <laughs> i was like we either lost him to wi-fi or uh, he's doing this on purpose so <laughs> um hey man that's just your future just get ready for it um zach any big things going on with the mavericks this week uh i know they're fighting for playoff position I guess walk us through like what's your ideal playoff scenario um, and then what's kind of the scenario that you're most afraid of? So for me, uh, a win, in my opinion, is if we don't make the play-in. And to do that, we we have four games left. We're playing one right now. I think we're down three in the third quarter. Um, but essentially what we need to do is win two of the four games and we 100% will at least be the sixth seed. And I, that's a win to me. I'm okay with being five or six right now. It looks like we'd either play Denver or the Clippers. And it looks like it doesn't really matter if we're five or six because Denver and the Clippers keep jumping each other. 
So in that scenario, we're just kind of at the mercy of whoever's in that spot, whether we finish fifth or sixth. Um, but one thing to keep an eye out, like if the Lakers lose one more game and we win one more, then they're, we are officially not in the plan. It would either be the Blazers or the Lakers. And basically, if the Lakers lose another game, they're probably in the plan. Just think of it that way. Yeah, and they got a big game tonight against the Knicks. Uh, we did hear that LeBron is not playing in that game, so we'll see if Anthony Davis can carry the load there. Um, that also has a uh, fantasy implication for Bowie's team. Oh, that's with correct. LeBron. Yeah, with, with LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. Um, so, but I was gonna say about Dallas, Zach. Have you uh, have you seen that Dwight Powell has actually been playing a lot better? Um, yeah, as, as the center without without KP. So, uh, how do you how are you feeling about the center position? Is KP ever coming back? Like, what are we what are we feeling here? Well, they're gonna bring him back tomorrow night, is what they keep saying. But honestly, like, I'm at the point with KP where like, if he makes us better, sure. But I don't think he's really proven to do that over a long stretch of time. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping we somehow are able to trade him in the off season. I don't think it's very likely because we pay him so damn much, but that that's kind of what I'm hoping for at this point. And he seems to kind of have a cancerous personality in the locker room, so I I don't really like the guy. So when he when he comes back, do you want Dwight Powell to come off the bench then and be the backup center, or do you want uh, like them to try to play next to each other? How do you see that being the best fit for the Mavs? Well, I read or I saw something yesterday, and it looks like what they would plan on doing is putting KP at the four and then Powell at the five. But yeah, KP was like crying about it in the interview. Yeah, (laughs) I think that could work honestly because Powell is probably the biggest. Like he plays the biggest of y'all's big men, and I think that um, it would move Kleba to the bench though and I know that Luca and Kleba have like this connection when they're on the court together like it feels like every time he passes the ball to Maxi it's a, like a wide open three that goes in so it could be an awkward fit to try to find this late in the season because at the end of the day if if Powell's not out there the big men have been dominating y'all and if Kleba's not out there. The offense, Kleba, and honestly, Brunson's not out there with Luca, like just another ball handler. Like it feels like the offense can stagnate when Luca can't find uh, like a groove, you know? So it's going to be an interesting, like I feel like the Mavs are still trying to figure out the best fit. And I don't know if it's going to be a game by game matchup or like what the end of the season is going to look like, but they, they look really good some games. And then some games it just looks like, it's so one-dimensional, like everything that they do. So, yeah, also, and I mean, Hardaway, Hardaway dropped forty like randomly <laughs> every well, other game. Hardaway Jr. continues to play how he has in like the past five. <laughs> then we're gonna be really tough to beat by anyone. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. No. I mean, he's so streaky. You just never know. So, yeah. how important is that like bench scorer role? Like Jordan Clarkson having forty points last night and Hardaway having forty like a couple nights ago. It, it's crazy how much better he is off the bench and when it's yeah bad. no it is <laughs> hey zach what's your what's your doomsday scenario for the mavericks like what's the what's the worst possible playoff matchup that you can have making the play in oh, so, well yeah, yeah okay i got you but like who who's like the 
of the top three teams because it's looking like you're going to be either five or six like of those top three teams which one is who is two right now is it phoenix or phoenix, phoenix? yeah uh, the suns are two i i just don't want to play phoenix or the jazz honestly like you'd rather play the clippers yeah, you don't like. Norm, normally, I would say you don't want to play playoff Kawhi. Which, yeah, I mean he's a monster, but I think this team wants revenge on them from last year with the way it went down. And I know it's a little bit different of a team. And I actually think the Clippers are worse this year than they were last year. Wow. So a lot of a lot of like the Clippers' energy and scoring, like Lou Will last year. So they they essentially traded Lou Will for Rondo, right? And yeah. yes, Rondo can help them defensively, but Rondo does not scare me on the offensive end. And that's where we were getting killed by Lou Will last year. And then um, Montrez Harrell, he's not on the team anymore. That was like their biggest energy player of anyone. So I'm, they just really don't scare me. I know they could definitely beat us, but I think that's a series. could go to seven games, and I really think we could beat them. So they, they don't scare me any more than Denver. It's crazy because I think that the Clippers of the top four are the team that I would want to play the least. Yeah, that's like, where I'm at. <laughs> like, like, I think that I'd rather play Utah. I'd rather play Phoenix, and I'd rather play Denver because that well, Clippers team, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just they're so well, good. Like I said, from the way it ended last year, like as a Mavs fan, I'm okay with playing them because I want revenge, and I really think we could get it. And then. Uh, we have kind of dominated the Clippers this year, like on the season. We, I think we, well, you know, we beat them by 50 that one game. And then we also beat them by like 10 or so. And then I think we lost one. And I'm pretty sure Kawhi and Paul George played in all those, but maybe that 50.1. And I know Paul George still played in that game. So Interesting. Yeah. Well, obviously we wouldn't beat them by 50 again, but that would be a fun one. That'd be another fun playoff matchup. So I'd be excited to see it. Um, Gabe, as far as the Rockets and the Thunder, we're pretty much status quo. Um, unless you have anything, we really probably don't need to touch on it too much. Yeah, I mean, all I have is uh, we signed a rookie, Armani Brooks, to a, a 10 day. And I think we've now extended him through the end of the season. But he hit 47 threes in his first 17 games, which uh, actually set an NBA record, which was previously held by Damian Lillard. So that's pretty encouraging. We got a couple of rookies performing. And I don't know, you got to look for bright spots when a team is rebuilding. And that has definitely been one of them. Uh, it's called re- it's called draft picks, Gabe. Huh? Yeah, but draft picks you don't get to look forward to until June. We're we still are playing NBA games, you know. We might as well find some bright spots in the games. I'm oh, on. Kelly Olenek I'm honestly pissed. Is, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, Kelly Olynyk is just better. Christian Wood? Question mark. He's so <laughs> is good. He, better bro. Christian Wood? he yes, just made sir, himself Daddy's a lot of money. Bowie, what's up, buddy? What's going on? Hey, we were one to ten. How uh, how pissed are you that LeBron's not playing tonight? Uh, it's not looking very good. Both <laughs> Brogdon and I know LeBron out. That is uh, I'm not looking too hot. That is tough. But you still, even with those two injuries, you still have like a five or six total game advantage. When I broke down the schedules, like you, uh-huh. your team just plays more games. So you could make up for them if the rest of your team plays well. 
hopefully, hopefully, I'm just glad I was able to uh, knock out Scam last round. <laughs> yes. I, I know everybody liked, everybody loved seeing that. That's unbelievable. I am glad. We'll go ahead and just shift over to like the fantasy stuff. Um, we were just finishing up talking like NBA here, Bowie, but uh, shifting more over to fantasy. Obviously, it's Gabe versus Bowie this week. Um, the we'll quickly run over last week's matchups. Um, and as Bowie hinted at, uh, he ended up beating me last week. I will say I am glad you ended up winning that matchup five to three rather than four to four because I actually thought I was going to catch you in points and that was just going to be uh, really disheartening to lose a four four matchup because you had a higher seed. So, um, but props to you, man. Your your team went off. <laughs> you uh, hit one hundred and thirty one threes. Uh, you had fifty one steals. Put up nine hundred thirty three points. Like. Your team performed really, really well, uh, and that had to feel good, especially coming off of a, a few like matchups going into the playoffs where your team wasn't performing all that well. Like dropping some matchups, they you uh, couldn't have felt good going into the playoffs. Uh, no, I disagree. I, I felt pretty. I feel, I felt pretty confident going to the playoffs that I was going to end up where I am right now. Okay. Uh, no, no doubt. I mean, I mean, my my team's been performing all season long, and it, it was just, you know, a slight slump there towards the uh, right before the years uh, the year ended. But mm-hmm. our, our last two or three weeks, I mean, our, my team performed how how they were expected to, and how you know how how they had been performing all season. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Bowie and I won a lot more games than for like sure. we were the one and the two by a lot mm-hmm. and so for us to be here and even before after the draft um Bowie and i were the my preseason two and three you know i had i had the architect bobby uh, <laughs> as my preseason one and i still think that if he had been a little bit more active he could have made a little bit more noise but uh yeah Bowie and i were right there next to him i thought Bowie drafted really well and yeah, he traded into the first round, which is always a, a good way to bolster your draft a little bit. So, yeah, I think that this is uh, right where it needs to be. I just need Bojan Bogdanovic to, like, chill out a little bit. Dude, a pretty good week last week, right? <laughs> I've, I, I've Dude, um, when he yeah, put up I that, like... He put up like what fifty in a game or whatever, and I was like, "That was the yeah. night. That was the night." I was like, "Yep, that's over." Like that was a that was yeah, a good that, run. That was a pretty incredible night. I think my team put up like yes. two hundred forty something points. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna try to find find that night because I I looked at your yeah. team that night because I I knew I knew I was close and I knew I had like a bunch of players coming up towards the end of the week. Uh, but let me see if I can find that night really quick because that was unbelievable. Oh yeah. Which one was it? Uh, and then on the other side, while I'm looking for that, on the other side, Gabe, you ended up taking your match over matchup over Garrett. It was a four four tie. Uh, it was. Were you just playing for the four four by the end of the I, week? I was completely playing for the four four, and actually, I almost won free throw percentage on accident. Um, <laughs> like I was, I was playing to win the assist category, and. Uh, my field goal percentage Garrett's team actually shot really well his team played really well honestly and so I w- in the end I knew that it was going to come down to assists and then um, like I would win defense and 
rebounds. And so I was like, if I lose everything else, um, I just have to win assists. So that's what went into like Killian Hayes and RJ Hampton, the, the late, um, late ads. But I was also like trying, I, I was trying to play for this week a little bit as well, probably more than I should have hmm. just, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to drop somebody that I thought could help me in my matchup with Bowie or cam and y'all's teams were structured similarly. And so I just, I wanted to, I, I didn't use all my Mac matchup acquisitions and stream through. I just wanted to make sure I beat Garrett in assists. And then I was kind of looking to the next week a little bit. That makes sense. Uh, Bowie, I just found the night. So it was Friday night and, uh, your team in total scored 234 points had 32 threes on the night went 40 for 41 from the free throw line and oh. and shot 55 and a half percent from the field like just running down these point totals it was 38 from dame 20 from drew holiday 48 from bogdanovich 23 from pj tucker 17 from fournier 31 from michael porter jr 15 from Rashawn Holmes, 20 from Cole Anthony, and 22 from Chetty Osman. And <laughs> that <laughs> night pretty much put the nail in the coffin. So uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that, that I mean that's that's pretty incredible. That's probably like I mean not to not to boost myself, but I think that's probably the best night uh, out of yeah. the team the entire. Oh, I agree. It has that's to be. Crazy. Yeah, it, maybe. Yeah, I mean, my team is a little bit. It's structured a little differently, so like my good nights are never gonna look like most people's good nights because I don't have a ton of point scores. Mm -hmm. I have like big men and assist guys and like someone that'll give me like ten, eight, and six, like a Draymond or someone. So and like, with, but with a couple steals and a block or something. So like, yeah. when I when I get production in all categories, kind of across the board, that's when I feel good. But it's never as flashy as like. I mean, Steph sometimes is flashy. He would actually probably Steph. get better on someone else's team. <laughs> yeah. But like, like aside from aside from Steph, it's uh. It's I don't know about just... that, Gabe. I I think of of Anthony Davis. Yeah. Uh, if, if, he... if he had played this year like how he's always played in his entire career, you you yeah. definitely have a lot of those nights. Yeah, that's true. That that is true, and that's that's another reason. Anthony Davis and Yusuf Nurkic, like if we played in a standard basketball fantasy league that ended last week, they would have been, I would have wasted a trade and I would have wasted a draft pick in the third round. But since we play into this week, like they've both been playing pretty well and I think they'll continue to play well because their teams are in playoff scenarios. So they need to like iron out the rust or that's definitely not the saying, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. they need to uh, get the rust off and uh, iron out the and, wrinkles, and try to play through it. And so <laughs> Well, sorry, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you here, but uh, I think you that pretty much sealed it. I uh, just got the news that Kyrie just left the game with a uh, face contusion. With a what contusion? A face contusion. Got elbowed oh, in the face. Oh, dude, that's tragic. I I would hate to win. No, bro. Like no. Bowie, all this means is we're getting mask Kyrie all over again. Hey, hey all this means is LeBron's about to carry my team. <laughs> LeBron, Michael Porter Jr. Hey, Bowie, I do want to point out, Zach has not said a single word until you said that Kyrie got injured and then he made a noise. So I just was curious if you wanted to uh, have any words for Zach or uh, uh, gloat gonna, in front of him. Uh, or... look, look, my only words for Zach for is that earlier this year when I predicted him not to make the playoffs <laughs> and everybody had, you know, had 
everybody didn't agree with that prediction, but you know, at the end of the day, that's all that mattered. <laughs> Zach trading up to the number one overall <laughs> spot and not making the playoffs. That's tough. Magic. Hey, uh, I do want to. Big brain, we're playing for next year. <laughs> no, you you started playing for next year when you drafted Luca number one. <laughs> I think I think the funniest part of all this is like Lonzo Ball and uh, some of the other guys that he has been, had playing like have been playing actually pretty well these last couple of weeks. So Zach has no just... idea. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, when him and Drummond didn't play for like a month straight. Yeah, yeah that was tough. That was tough. Yeah, well, you and also Drummond's he... actually buns though. Like he's actually bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at least every week in the season you've always had at least four Dallas Mavericks on your team. <laughs> so it's kind of hard true. to win when your entire team plays a combined three games. <laughs> Hey, but the spirit lives on, Bowie. You have a couple Mavs on the back end of your roster right now. His spirit lives on on your team. Yes, sir, Dwight. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, uh, so, Bowie, I was mentioning earlier, so we were hoping to have Ramsey on the pod, but he was having some internet issues. So he actually sent me an email um, with all of his final thoughts. And part of this was his thoughts on the matchup this week. But then also, Wait, go ahead. Cameron, wait, before you start, uh, I just want to congratulate Ramsey. He actually just graded, uh, graduated law school. Let's go. Wow. Today or yesterday, but yeah, I just want to say congrats, man. Congrats yeah, to huge. Ramsey. That is a huge congratulations. I saw on his email, it says Texas A&M University School of Law, and I had no idea that he was in law school. So I got that, and I was like, what is happening? But it makes <laughs> sense with how uh, like logical and everything he is when it comes to fantasy, oh, yeah. so I can definitely see him being a, uh, a lawyer. So congrats, Ramsey. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I'll probably have to be Bowie's lawyer. <laughs> well, anyway, so... So he gave kind of some matchup commentary between you and Gabe, but then he also gave thoughts on each individual team. And so um, I'll share I'll share all of the teams um, at the end of this pod, but I but I think it's appropriate for us to share his thoughts on Zach's team, as this is kind of uh, the the conversation we're having anyway. And this is what Ramsey writes. He writes for Hallelujah. It's fitting that Luca is this guy's lord and savior because he follows his teaching and he whines on eerily similar levels. If something doesn't go his way, there's always an excuse for it. Truly remarkable. And if he can't think of any adequate excuse, he'll go for a cheap shot to the balls. I already know his response to this will be something about UT. Yawn. Get some new material. Anyways, I like seeing how many times him and Bowie can go back and forth telling the other person, kill yourself. We'll see if he can grow next season and ride Luca to his first round playoff loss. (laughs) Great. You know, all in all, uh, that's pretty accurate. I mean, I really is. I think I agree with every single point there. (laughs) I want to hear the rebuttal. And this kid's a Harden fan. Oh man. (laughs) Okay. Luca might be worse. Okay, that's 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 not a bad start. No, Luca gets Luca gets more shit of any player I've ever. Yeah, because he looked pretty crying. good. He looks pretty good tonight, doesn't he? He did, he did just whack someone in the nuts. <laughs> so to be fair, <laughs> he gets the Draymond treatment for like a week. The, the guy here's loves my, here's my question to you: Do you do you think the nut shot was intentional? Uh, absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Like, I don't think he was no aiming for it, but he can. was he was no. pissed that he was like, Dude, like it was he was boxed okay. out. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like I 100% agree he shouldn't have hit at all but wh- how the fuck is that not a foul to begin with when you get slammed in the back okay but that doesn't give you the right to jerk somebody no, off I just said, <laughs> I just said he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have hit him but they didn't even call a fucking foul okay but they don't they don't call that a lot of times yeah that's the funny. NBA officials are fucking terrible. It was, uh, yeah, they're only terrible when they they are against, like they don't make well, the calls against your team. We're about to see them on their best time of the year in playoffs when they absolutely suck ass. <laughs> so I'm ready for it. Oh man. Oh, I'm ready too. This just like this it, just, is that, just honestly though, is there another sport where officiating is as terrible as this? Yes, any game that the Cowboys <laughs> play in. No. I, I think so it's hard because it, NBA officiating is so much worse than NFL. Well, I was gonna yeah, say you it's... say that you, s- what, and then when the NFL season comes by, you call them the worst. <laughs> but, no, but I mean NBA officiating, like as a league on a whole scale, is terrible. Like it, it's not even debatable. It's horrible. Well, there's just there's too much subjectivity in in officiating for basketball. Every every call is basically pass interference on steroids because. It's all just like a judgment call based on how does this guy interpret a blocking foul? How does this guy interpret continuation? And sure, there's rules and sure, there's like words that like you're supposed to follow and regulations. But at the end of the day, there's so much of basketball officiating that's just subjective that there's no way that you could really have as consistent of a of a product as maybe like a football or a baseball because of that. It's so hard. Exactly. And there's only what there's three refs on the court at once <laughs> yeah yeah and apparently one so. backup ref just in case one of them gets injured <laughs> collapses yeah like that yeah, happened or... in the middle of that one game that was terrible. i mean i mean each of them are seeing a different angle so yeah. it, it's it's a hard it's pretty hard yeah but i agree the consistency of refereeing basketball has is something that like now that i focus more closely on an nba season regular season even it just is inconsistent game to game i you never know like today, I was watching the Celtics and the uh, the Heat play, and there was a couple plays where Bam Adebayo just like shouldered into a guy, and the guy fell down, and there was no call, no no blocking foul, no charge, no flop call, just no foul. He stepped over the guy and and shot it. And there's some refs that that's a charge. There's some refs where that's a blocking foul. And this guy just decided that there was no foul, and it happened like two or three times. Bam Adebayo just got a free layup. So it's just it's hard because. You don't really know what's happening. I guess you have to take reputations into consideration, and there's just so much that you have to take into consideration. Apparently, you have to earn your fouls, like Zion was talking about, even though he gets beat up. Like, it's just it's a, it's a weird culture when it's not black and white. And NBA officiating is definitely far from black and white. I think the biggest yep, and- knock, I think the biggest knock on Luca is not that he doesn't get calls. It's the face he makes every single time he either a doesn't get the call or gets called for a foul like if you saw the face no shut up if you saw the face he made when they said uh when when they gave him the ejection and he said he like threw his hands up and he said i didn't do anything after he just hit the guy whether he meant to hit him in the nuts or not he just hit the guy and people are sick of him just sitting there like he does nothing and he's this like lord and savior and he's all good and never never fouls anybody it's kind of like the iguodala syndrome but that okay that's not an argument that's not an argument like yes other people do it luca's the worst i've literally 
but the cries every crying play, like a baby, no matter what the result of the court play to the is, other. he's crying. LeBron literally has Stop. run from one fucking end to the other Stop. with tears. Okay, down his LeBron eyes. is. LeBron's done this for tw- for sixteen years. <laughs> he's earned so, it. So just because you played long, you can earn crying? No. That's what? Uh, Zach, it, I'm not saying that it's okay for LeBron to do it either, but he's also LeBron James. Like, Luca, dude, Luka, we uh, have to be done with this. Like, can't make up his mind. No, it, it's all horrible. Dude, if Luca was not on the team, is is not was not on your favorite team, he'd be the most hated guy. You, you would him. hate you'd him. Literally hate him. You would hate. Here, him. Here's here's my question. Is that why would does, you not hate him? Why, if he wasn't why does on your some, team? Why does someone like Dame not get shit for this, or like the Spurs when they had Ginobili? Uh, Tony Parker. Oh, okay, and but okay, but why is the reason? Hey, but why is the reason when you listen to national radio broadcasters or national media members, all of them who say, "Hey, this complaining is out of control," but Luca is the absolute worst. That's coming from not just Luca haters. It's a stereotype. No, it's come a stereotype. No, it, it's, cool how's that a it's a stereotype because it's true. So if that's true, then why do I not hear LeBron's a crybaby from the national what? media? You do. Has been criticized his entire career for that. Not by the national media. Yes, like bro. What are you talking yes. about? LeBron is on national media. No way. Every topic no, is about no, LeBron. No, no, no. Literally every it's... single tweet from Skip Bayless is about LeBron James being a baby back bitch. Like that is, <laughs> that's what he does every single time. Well, no one needs to listen to Skip. That guy's a fucking <laughs> retard. <laughs> Yeah, like all Cowboys fans, huh? <laughs> anyway, well, this, this is about to be a, uh, a, a, a this is about to be a fire three-hour pod. It is a fire, but fire. it does it, it does remind me a little bit of James Harden and how when he started drawing those in the lane shooting fouls, he wasn't the only player that was doing it, but he was being criticized by the media like he was the only player doing it because he did it so prominently. I think that that's a similar thing to what's happening with Luca because he gets so many technical fouls because he is like so often in uh, like in highlights just not getting back on defense or, or complaining about calls and doing that. Like just the frequency of it, I think that's why he's become the face of it. It's it's a similarity. Like somebody is going to do it the most, and that has become Luca the same way it was Harden for the the fouls in the lane and how he was ruining the sport of basketball and all this stuff. Like there was so much Harden slander before everyone started doing it, and now he's on the nets and he's been injured, so he's he's uh he's old news now. And I yeah, mean, that's it, why it, Ramsey's it, comment was pretty rich. Yeah, well, you know <laughs> what? Luca's turning in like first he's a crybaby, now he's starting to turn into Grayson Allen Jr. So. oh man regardless this conversation i think we can all agree this conversation gave credibility to uh ramsey's argument um but with that let's go ahead and move on to why we're here the final championship matchup uh gabe versus Bowie, number one versus number two um and and i just want to share ramsey's uh comments before gabe we get into some real like hard-hitting analysis um and Bowie, you as well, because obviously, like, you're in it. But this is what Ramsey had to share. And he wanted me to mention he didn't have internet on his laptop, so he was having to do all this through his phone. So he wasn't able to, like, do a super deep dive on stats or anything. So he did as good as he can. Gotcha. 
But here's what he uh, provides or says. He says, honestly, I'm surprised Bowie made it this far because it seemed for a few okay. weeks that there was that he was losing matchups that he shouldn't have been losing, and I thought he peaked too early. It's really good to see him finishing strong because as a fellow troll, I love what he brings to the league. LeBron is being a baby back bitch now, and I don't think he'll have enough to win five categories. Great season, though, my friend. Gabe has been my pick since we started making the predictions around the middle of the season, and this is no surprise that he's here. Steph is going bananas. AD is back in the mix. He has the reincarnation of Hakeem Olajuwon in Kelly Olenek. I don't see how he doesn't pull this out, especially given he only needs to win four categories. Being the higher seed is so important for fantasy basketball. Good luck to both you guys. So there's his thoughts on the matchup. Kelly Olynyk is legitimately my third best player. He is. It's Steph Curry, it's Kawhi Leonard, and then it's Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk over Anthony Davis, Kelly Olynyk over Draymond Green, <laughs> Kelly Olynyk over Yusuf Nurkic. He is legitimately my third best player <laughs> in fantasy. Do you want to hear his line from last night? 21 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Jeez, that is man. an ungodly fantasy line 10 of 10 from the free throw lines unbelievable yeah bro he like is going to single-handedly patch up my ben simmons woes from the free throw line legitimately kelly olenek has been my third best player and will remain that i think till the end of the season well gabe i know you've done some research going into this matchup uh obviously without giving away all your secrets kind of what's your analysis on uh you and Bowie's teams yeah so um, like I was talking about earlier, this this is a, a really fun matchup. I think that the season kind of led to this clash of titans. And in a funny way, we've actually made the exact same number of adds and drops. To, like right now, we've both added 113 players total over the course of the season, and we've dropped 111 players. So wow, that's, that is, uh, that's crazy. Quite the statistic. That is quite the statistic. Is that the two um, so highest? Very similarly. Actually, no. Uh, Nick Barnacle oh, okay. Boys was higher than both of us, and Ramsey was higher than both of us as well. Okay. But not by much, by probably 10 or 15. Like, we, we both used most of our matchup acquisitions most of the weeks. Um, going a little bit farther, uh, we got some notable injuries to talk about. Uh, LeBron's right ankle. He's expected to come back against the Rockets tomorrow. And I, I fully, be, I fully believe that's going to be a bloodbath. Um, he's coming. He, he's he's going to be doing it against mostly rookies and like ten day contract players. Anyways, we might even like there's there's some players on the Rockets, most of them that will probably not come back this season. So I think that the Lakers are going to win by ninety tomorrow night, and it'll just be kind of a showcase of the Lakers, so they can strike fear into the hearts of the other playing teams. So I think, and then he's got a back-to-back on Saturday, Sunday. So we'll have to see how they manage LeBron in that back-to-back and AD, honestly. I think that they'll probably do the same thing. They'll either rest both or play both on both days. So I think that it's pretty, for fantasy, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a, a, a no, no consequence decision, regardless of because of the fact that we each have one player on the Lakers. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, his right hamstring, I think he could return on Thursday uh, for the Pacers, but and they also have that Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. So we'll have to see how they handle Brogdon. Um, he was, I mean, he was playing great most of the season. 
And so, and, and the Pacers are still kind of in the thick of the play-in stuff. So they could be they they could be a team where if he comes back on Thursday, then he maybe doesn't he maybe sits that Saturday and plays that Sunday to kind of get ready for the play uh, for the play-in tournament as healthy as he can be. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, those those two guys are pretty heavy assist category influencers, though. So I feel like that is something, since assist is going to be such a toss-up anyways, that could have some really big fantasy implications for uh, for both of us. My only injury um, is OG Ananobi. He has a left calf injury. And now with the Raptors eliminated from playoff contention, I'd honestly be surprised if Ananobi played at all, all the rest of the season. I'd be surprised if Lowry or Van Vliet or any of those guys really played at all the rest of the season. Um, I think Chris Boucher was going to play, which I thought was interesting. but. Um, He's not on my team anymore. And then the last injury that I wanted to talk about was Jalen Brown. He's not on either team, but his uh, being out for the season with the wrist surgery elevates Evan Fournier's fantasy ceiling massively. He was playing amazing tonight, and he might just be like a Miami Heat killer because I was looking, they were, they were talking about on the broadcast how in the last two halves that he's played against uh, the Heat, um, he has like 40 points combined or something like that, or 40 something points. Like he's just been amazing against the heat. So, and he was going off again. So he could just kind of step in and you get a free Jalen Brown light on your fantasy team for this last, uh, this last championship week, which would be, uh, be annoying for me, but that'd be great for you. Um, but yeah, before I get into the categorical analysis, do y'all have anything that y'all want to add to any of that? I wanted to ask Bowie, like, Two of those injuries, you know, are players that theoretically you would want to bring back for next season. So, like, with having an eye towards next season, you can't just, like, up and drop those players. Um, So, how do you kind of navigate your injuries, I guess? Like, is it potential that you drop a big player? Or, like, what does that look like? Um, No, it's probably not potential that I drop either Brogdon or... LeBron just because I'm able to, you know, just stash him in the IR. Um, I mean, I, I've already gone into this year pretty much um, pretty much telling myself that I was not keeping LeBron for next year. It was just a really a move at the beginning of the year mm. to put myself in the position that I'm in now. Uh, but, you know, in hindsight, look, like, it, it was like, I, I look back at it now. I didn't even have to make this move. I believe I would have gotten Zach Levine if I had not made this move. So I think I would have been in the same situation anyway. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, either way, I'm glad I made it. I I put myself in this situation. I, I know that with with Brogdon and with LeBron, I would definitely have a chance. But um, right now, it's not looking too hot with them out. I mean, yeah. Brogdon, Brogdon's going to miss two games already, and LeBron's also going to miss two games out of this matchup so you know that's they're 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 big guns on my team so uh it's all right i wish i had i I wish i would have been able to play with my uh with my entire team but you know hats off to him his his team's here for a reason i wish that too i hate winning off of straight injury and uh jeff wilson and running back like camden I, clown, clown <laughs> fantasy championships not here. I did, uh, Billy. Just so you know, I did just go and watch the Kyrie injury, uh, and he definitely got hit in the face. Looked like he took an elbow from the the Bulls big. I don't know which one it was, but 
Took an elbow to the, the forehead, it looked like. He was down, kind of spinning back and forth, banging his foot on the ground. So I don't know if that's going to be like a concussion, but I, I would imagine it's not uh, it's not great. He's not going to be returning in the next game, I don't think. Yeah, it's not great. It's okay. I hope, you know, hopefully he can <laughs> – his, his incense – Burn yeah, that's that's true. That, I heard that helps with concussions. Actually. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, like that's like the first thing on WebMD is what it says. Hey, let them know, Bowie. We need them in that next round. <laughs> uh, it'll be all right. We'll be all yeah. right. Well, hey, we're there's a couple of stats or there's a couple of categories that are still really up in the air. Oh um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd say five. There's there's really only three that I think are locked and five that are up in the air. Honestly. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's still going to be a pretty good. It, it's still going to be a better, better series than had Cameron made the finals. Oh, but come on. I'll, I'll at least give the people that. That's brutal. That's tough, Cam. That's a, yeah, that's, that's tough. tough. All I've done is congratulate you and like props to your team. <laughs> I ain't looking for yeah, me. Um, hey, you were the hey, uh, you were the hottest team coming into the playoffs. I was, bro. X Factor. You were. I was. And then you sent the message the buoy screenshot and, and oh, yeah. said, <laughs> y'all gotta be scared to play one of them. Oh, yeah, that, that, so that, you were that. you weren't looking for beef, but you were looking I to was. at least elicit a reaction. No, I was just trying to prop Nick up at that time. <laughs> see, I'm just not uh, about the beef. I just pre-beef. Uh, pre-beef is what it is. I see, I see. Um, well, let's get let's get into these categories here, Gabe. How are we how are is we feeling? Pre, is is pre beef technically milk because it's coming no. from a cow? You know, pre, like pre beef is just like the cow. You know, <laughs> like it's just. We'll, we'll cut. We'll cut that part. Out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro! I was just I was trying to follow the uh, the logic of uh, now. We're almost an hour but... into the pod, and he's out of jokes. <laughs> yeah. So anything goes, bro. Anything goes. <laughs> Damn. But like I like I talked about. Wait, what were you gonna say, Zach? It, is a tiebreaker in this league just the higher seed? Yeah. Welcome okay. to the pod, Zach. We've been talking about that for three weeks now. I was only here one of those three. Yeah, we know. It's the higher seed, and then a uh, three-round UFC five-minute uh, <laughs> just MMA fight. Oh wait, Bowie. Okay, not, not twenty-one, no fouls. Bowie, yeah, no fouls. <laughs> Gabe's idea, Gabe's idea for uh, the tiebreaker for next year is uh, to play a game of two K, and like winner gets to move on. What are your thoughts on the the two K tiebreaker? Uh, yeah. That bad, huh? You like that? <laughs> I mean, I'm that, I for the in person twenty one. It'd be fun, but you know what? What if a person doesn't play two K and yeah, then we'd have to we'd have to come up with a way that like if they don't play two K, like okay, maybe instead of a two K game with user controllers, we put it into Hall of Fame difficulty. We put the five players on each lineup, <gasps> and then we have the AI oh, simulate. The you game. choose yes. your five best. I, like I hey, love I, that. I want to put the entire <laughs> roster. Like the no. entire roster. Oh, so, so they have to sub and everything too. Right. So your entire roster on Sunday, <laughs> that your last day of the matchup, that's who you're going into that game. Yeah. No, I think that that would be more fair too, because like if someone had to play me or Cam or Garrett, they, it's like an auto loss. Like I'm I'm smoking everybody in this league. Yeah, Gabe really games. is. Gabe so. really would smoke everybody. No, it would I, be way more fun. To I actually love that. Yeah, I actually <laughs> love that idea. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh and we could like twitch stream it and we could have like commentators oh my oh, yeah. i'm so oh, about yeah. it, it be, i'm it so about crazy. it nick if you're listening this needs to be the rule implemented <laughs> next year 
I'm ready. Oh gosh. Hey, but anyways, uh, Gabe, uh, just so you know, um, since I made that trade with Nick earlier or at the beginning of the year, uh -huh. you're probably looking at him in the finals next year. So just, I mean, just a PSA out of well, him and right Ramsey. Now, I think Nick will be in the finals next year with that extra first round pick. Yeah, no, I think that Nick and Ramsey's teams are going to be hell. I don't think I can – if I win this year, I don't think I can go back-to-back -back unless I have <laughs> an insane ninth-round and tenth-round pick because, like, they all have – their whole. they're going to finish their draft in the third round. Like, <laughs> Nick has an extra couple of firsts or maybe one first, and Ramsey has a ton of thirds. Like, it's just going to be throwing darts and hoping they land next year. If there's if there's any I guess any hope going into next year is that Nick's first is gonna be my first, which is probably either it's either gonna be the last pick or the second to last pick. Yeah. So it's not like he's get he's gonna get the best person out of you know the rest of the pool after we all set our keepers. So that's true. And that true. Uh, and a couple years ago, Nick did win the league, but the next year he had the last spot in the first round and. And he had to settle uh, or settle on Kemba Walker. So, you know, there, there, there's some flaws to picking in, in that hole, especially in the keeper league. Yeah, there is, 100%. This year, though, like, you got Kyrie in the second round. Garrett got Paul George in the third round. I got Kawhi in the mid-second round. Like, we got a lot of value in that, in that area. So I think you're just going to have to really make the most of that pick because – it's uh you I, like i still have a first round pick you know so i just have to make sure that that one player is going to be worth that first round pick get right. the use of nurkic again and get definitely in. and yeah i mean uh well you don't really have like that first guy that you pick you don't really have to to you know put a first round grade on him just because it is a keepers league half of the the or like more than probably more than half of the guys that are supposed to go in the first round they're gonna right. get kept. They're gonna get kept. Anyway. 100. So you yeah. just just go with your gut with the best whoever the best player you think <laughs> available at that moment is. Don't. Right. I I wouldn't. I mean, just personally, I wouldn't put a like a a draft grade on them, especially in 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 a league like this. So. Right. Hey guys. It's weird though, because I think like Zion Williamson and Pascal Siakam, like Zion Zion will get higher in draft capital. And Pascal will probably fall, so hey guys, it'll be interesting when the offseason. Yeah, what's up? Hey, this is great draft talk. Do y'all want to talk about the uh, championship matchup that we have going hey, on? I it, it's hard to talk about it. I'm not at full strength. It's it is what it is. I'm not gonna make any excuses. I got, I got. It, but yeah, but we haven't given the people anything for the championship right, here's matchup. The, here's, here's, here's the analysis. <laughs> Points and threes. Bowie is gonna win probably by Thursday. Like, I'm not going to be able to catch him in points or threes. Because um, at the end of the day, I have Steph for those two categories, and that's pretty much it. Bowie has Kyrie. He has Damian Lillard. Michael Porter Jr. with no Jamal Murray. Also, even with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. is a beast. Bojan Bogdanovic is apparently a top two scorer in the NBA now. Like, we ha he has uh, Evan Fournier with no Jalen Brown. Like, there's just no way that I'm, I'm beating him in the points and threes categories. So, uh, like, I'm giving him those two categories as a lock. And then steals. Um, I think that defense is how my team has won most of the season. 
he did have a ton of steals last week, so that's kind of scary. I do I do have about a hundred more steals than Bowie on the season. So that's encouraging. And last night I was up fourteen to two. Now it's twenty one sixteen. So it's heating up. Um and blocks is something that um like I don't even think I can lock. He has enough good blocks players to where um like it's gonna be close, even though like I feel like my team has a little bit more defense. Blocks is gonna be close and he's actually winning by five right now looking at it, so um, but I, all I wrote after that was literally all five other categories are a toss-up. It's going to be really close. It's going to come down to that 15-game Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, who's playing, who's sitting. And it's it's funny because what I wrote was the uh, the 15-game Sunday is actually going to have like some start-sit decisions, which has been kind of rare in fantasy basketball. You know, like yeah. you haven't had to choose between your players because you just play whoever's playing that day. Maybe you had like one day where you were like, oh, shoot, I have too many power forwards or forwards and I'm, all my utility slots are filled, so I have to sit one of these guys. But it was rare. It was not. It was very few and far mm-hmm. between. So it's going to make for some interesting last... Um, with with that many categories still probably up in the air, we're going to have to actually make some start-sit decisions and maybe even, like, drop a... Like, I could see myself dropping, like, a a very categorical focused like if i'm if i'm losing blocks and rebounds and they're unattainable like i probably have to drop hurdle for the spurs who even though he's really good and gets a ton of blocks and rebounds i need the assists maybe i need the free throw percentage boost maybe i go grab i don't know like lou williams or something someone who can influence both of those categories instead of one of my like quote-unquote studs so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting for sure no doubt, no doubt. I'm not. I'm, I'm not giving up yet. So I'm not. I'm not giving up. <laughs> yeah, yet. no, yeah. That's what there, I like to hear. If uh, if each one of you guys and Gabe, I'll let you go first. Could pick out like one or two X factors on your team where it could sway. Not your best player, but it could sway. Like, hey, a lot of variability for how this guy could go. Um. Who who would be your X factor? And Gabe, I'll let you go first while Bowie, you think about it. Yeah, I was just gonna say Anthony Davis and Yusuf Nurkic. They're kind of settling into the roles that uh, we, or at least I, uh, thought that they would have most of the season. So I think that those two, if they can settle into the like excellent fantasy influence every single category talent that I thought that they could have, I think that'll be huge for my team. And I'll actually, for Bowie's team, what I believe is the X factor, Rashawn Holmes. Mm. I think that Rashawn Holmes, his rebounds and his blocks are huge. They're going to be huge con- contribu- or huge contributors to uh, his performance in those categories. And so I'm definitely going to be looking to see just how many blocks and just how many rebounds he can get from Rashawn Holmes because he, when he is playing big minutes for that Kings team, like he is... Uh, He's definitely a force in fantasy, and he's been having some up-and-down performances as of late. So uh, that's who I believe is the X Factor, at least in those two categories for Bowie. But Bowie can answer probably for himself. Bowie, what do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I think, I mean, it's it's easy to say this like now, but I think um, it's, it's all bread and butter on my team. What The, the first guy I drafted this year was uh dame Mm. um and during the stretch where my team was not playing very well there was like a two three you know two to four week stretch where 
it just didn't look like my team was was there. Um, Dame yeah. was actually having a pretty pretty bad stretch. I think he was shooting in like the thirty percent. You know, I kept talking there. about it too. I was like, "Dang, what is wrong with this guy? He's shooting thirty eight percent on the week, and it's tanking a bunch of Bowie's categories because he's not making threes. He's not getting assists. Like, yeah. it's not making any sense." Yeah, exactly. And you know, since he's you know he he's played really well the past ten games, and you can definitely see that oh, yeah. boost in my team so i'm hoping that if dame continue his plays you know go nuclear like he did last year it was like six games where he was averaging what 45 you know almost 50 points i i think that keeps me in the keeps me in the matchup and if if i can get four or five games out of brogdon and lebron combined i think i'm there i i mean pretty much mm-hmm. those are the guys that i'm 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 hoping just stay consistent. Uh, I think my team's all consistency at this point. I'm not really looking for somebody to like take that next step or have that really breakout game. Um, I mean, I I know what they're capable of at this point, and I'm I'm just hoping that they uh, that they continue doing what they they've been doing all year. Yeah, if I had to pick an X factor for you, Bowie, I also think that Evan Fournier is going to play a big role, especially with Jalen Brown being out. Like, if he can kind of take on that secondary scorer role, and really, like, they'll put they'll probably put the ball in his hands a lot more uh, with a with the well, bench he, unit. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He can he can I, provide a, like an assist spark, a point spark, a that's, shooting well, that's spark. That's if if he starts passing the ball, I'm nervous. If yeah. He just catches it and shoots it. He can go 15 for 15 from three. And when I was watching the game, that's what I was looking for. I was making sure that he was shooting every time he got the ball. Yeah. Because I yeah. don't want him passing that ball. I know. That's when it gets scary. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just some some honorable mention that I want to mention is uh, Drew Holiday, uh, Kyle Anderson and uh michael porter uh you know these guys have been playing so well just the past you know 10 days the past 15 days Mm -hmm. it's really made a difference in my team i mean and kyle anderson one night he's gonna have two three steals and then the next guy have zero steals but he'll have four blocks or something and his his assist numbers and his rebound numbers are always consistent so kyle anderson makes a difference slow-mo baby i haven't watched I haven't watched a ton of uh, Grizzlies games, but like I, I like I want to know what that lineup looks like with Jaron Jackson, Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark. Like, there's quite a few big men and like forwards in that uh, in that front court that I, I don't really know how it all works and how the minute splits look. And I know Jaron Jackson's been in and out because he just came back from that injury, and they're they're not really hurrying him back. But, uh, like, I wonder if that has had an influence on Kyle Anderson as a fantasy player because for a long time he was, like, a solid guy and then he kind of fell off a little bit. Now he's back, and I don't know. Well, hey, shout out. Go ahead. I haven't really watched any of their games, honestly, either. But, like, now that you've said, you know, they have, like, all these bigs that are are supposed to play and, you know, that they've invested so much in and they are going to play. I think it really suits Kyle Anderson's game because, other than Jaw, I don't know who their sec, you know, who their. He's like a playmaker. Yeah. Exactly. He's the, you yeah. know, he's the ball handler, and if if everybody else is slow like him, the game, you know, the the game is is suited to his uh, to his skill set. 
Well, all I know is uh, the Grizzlies just waxed the Mavericks tonight. So shout out the Grizz. Yeah, one thirty-three to one hundred four. Of course, uh... it's crazy. And the uh, Lakers Knicks just tipped off. So huge implications. Here, baby, Grayson Allen Jr. We had one five of six, which I'm okay with the loss. You're not gonna be okay with it if the Lakers win. <laughs> um. We still only have to win two of three versus dog shit, so I'm not worried. Oh, and I also want to mention that I've made, I haven't made any trades this year, and it's still amazing that I'm in this spot. I know <laughs> you did trade the, into the uh, yeah, first round, you definitely so that, that definitely counts. counts. <laughs> right, but you know, I mean, you've you acquired you acquired Anthony Davis. You acquired I did, I did. Benson. Those I are. Did. Those big acquisitions, <laughs> big acquisitions. In-season moves. Yeah, so. and I did give up a third-round pick, but other than that, yeah, um, yeah, I, it was just player for player trades. So I got uh, I made the most of uh, and I some of those guys. I just want to congratulate uh, Scam on probably the steal of the year. Yep. The oh no. Of the year, just just stealing. Yep. The goat. I was about to. Right from under Zach, you know. Dude, I was about to say, I got Russell Westbrook for free, which is crazy, so. Dude, Rudy Gobert is not free. <laughs> no, but Rudy Gobert is pretty Gobert good. Is not I, I got a tier Russell one player for a tier eight player. That's crazy. Hell no. Straight up. like, he blocked and rebounds. Well, the thing is, yes, Rudy Gobert is good in those categories, but. When he's on Zach's team, he doesn't make a difference. Russell Westbrook carried Cameron's team and literally bro carried, carried it. Carried. But also, who who saw who saw Russell Westbrook averaging like nineteen assists at the end of the near the end of the season? Like, I did, bro. He he, he was did. going crazy. Man, Boone Bowie, we've seen it for me. years, bro. Dude, I thought I, I saw Boo, I saw Russell Westbrook shooting like. I don't know, 8 of 17 okay. on a given night, about hey. 50% from the free throw line, maybe like 11 rebounds and 8 assists. Guys. Like that's what I thought he would be averaging, and it wasn't even anywhere close to that. So Rudy Gobert ended the year the second leading rebounder in the league, which is incredible. Uh-huh. Russell Westbrook ended number six in the league in rebounds per game out of all players. Sixth mm-hmm. in the league. And that was like one of the main things that Rudy Thanks. gave you. That's insane, yeah. bro. What about blocks? What about blocks? And field, and field goal percentage. Yeah, well, you know and what? Blocks. Those, hey, blocks, really? How many How many times did you win blocks this year? <laughs> I won blocks a bunch, especially uh, once I got Gobert. But it wasn't because of Gobert. You were going to win blocks what? regardless. Gobert. Yeah, Gobert. Oh, here we go. Gobert had like 10 blocks. And also, Rudy Gobert is like a top he, – he was he's still ranked like top 25. No, nah, you lost the trade. Oh, Give it up. Know, no, like I, he's good. I, I totally agree I, that Gobert is a top player, but yeah. as a like a, a play who can carry you a on team? a given yeah, night, no, I think Russ had that capability like w- a lot more than. And also, to be fair, when Russ when Russ got traded, he was horrible. Not playing back to back. He was horrible. He was horrible. Yeah, he was, he was bad. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. I thought Gobert was actually going to be the winner of that trade when it went down. Yeah, and Zach gave me fair. crap for it, it so now he's down. getting crap for it. Hey, that. But <laughs> hey, but honestly, think about it. That team hadn't been healthy until at that point when Russ, when Zach traded to uh, Westbrook. Yeah. That team was not healthy. They just, they were banged up. 
I just didn't think a, a team that was giving 20 minutes to Ish Smith and had a Davis <laughs> Bertans who couldn't shoot after he signed a contract and Rui Hachimura who is just like he hasn't played basketball since like three years ago. Like I just didn't think a team like that was going to be good. That just goes to show you how how great Russell Westbrook is and how he is, bro. How much Luca aspires. Oh, dude, dude like, you missed you missed the, all this talk, Cam, Bowie. Cam Jr. in here. <laughs> I love it, Bowie. Imagine Luca getting to play next to Bradley Beal. He had a fucking god you, awful record. Okay, like you also put right now. you put Chris Tapps on that same pedestal. <laughs> Yeah, you did. They're much worse. You did. Okay. Uh, hey, I do want to read. Uh, or do y'all want to hear Ramsey's thoughts on yeah, everybody's yeah, teams? Yeah, yeah, I want to hear. It. Okay, okay. So we'll just... Ramsey sounds hey, like Durant. Hey, be- before, you start, hey before you start, before you start, Gary, we we need Garrett. We need Gary on the podcast, dude. We do. Hey, Garrett's playing hey, on our basketball team, Bowie. So we're gonna get to see him in person. We'll give you updates. Hey, that's- that's fine, but when Nick picked <laughs> earlier this year, I don't know if y'all remember, but when Nick picked Gary to win the entire league, I took that personally. Dude, you should have. And I took if that we, personally. If we, uh, if we really lost to uh, like a team of just Jokic, like <laughs> I would have been very sad. MVP baby. All right, let's uh, let's run through these real quick. Okay, so this is uh, Ramsey's quick notes on each team. Uh, starting with Pogo the Clown. Get this jester out of the league. He was an embarrassment to whoever invited him and the standard for what we're trying to keep out going into next season. He's more incompetent oh. than Cal McNair, and that's a doozy. That is tough. So see, see you later, Big R. Uh, wait, anyway. where, where did he... Hold on, he said something. Oh, oh this, okay. Uh, next one is Poppy Chulo. Uh, oh, I f- we went bottom up here. He said, I felt just as strongly about Daniel than I did about minuscule R, <laughs> but holy cow, he turned it around. He set lineups and became a thorn in the side of a lot of teams down the stretch, and I loved it. If he wants back in next season, it'll be interesting to see if we let him back. If I had a vote, it may be a coin flip at this point. Nice. Uh, we already read Zach's. Bowie, were you in here for that one? Uh, no, I, I, but if it, you know, if it's any bad, no, no, no. I love to hear it. Yeah, okay, I'll read it again for everybody's <laughs> sake. <clears throat> All right. Nice. Hallelujah. It's fitting that Luca is this guy's lord and savior because he follows his teaching and he winds on eerily similar lev- levels. If something doesn't go his way, there's always an excuse for it. Truly remarkable. And if he can't think of any adequate excuse, he'll go for a cheap shot to the balls. I already know his response to this will be something about UT. Yawn. Get some new material. Anyways. Oh, yeah. I I definitely heard it, but I, I just wanted to hear it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> perfect. Anyways, I like seeing how many times him and Bowie can go back and forth telling the other person to kill themselves. We'll see if he can grow next season and ride Luca to a first-round playoff loss. So that was a good yeah. one. Uh, He said about himself, all I'm saying is next year is going to be a fun one. Uh, suck my dirt. He do have some stack draft. <laughs> yeah, bro, he's gonna be so good. Uh, he may have to be a regular on the pod since his team's gonna be so good. Um, suck my dirt. I thought he was gonna end up much better than he did. Nothing negative or positive to say besides that, which I guess is all you can ask for. Uh, about Ryan, James gives me a Harden. Pushed all his chips in and didn't make the playoffs. Talk about a tough scene. 
I'll commend Ryan for res- <laughs> I'll commend Ryan for responding to my call out from the other pod I was in and picking his crap up. Anytime you have Harden on your team, you'll have a chance. Ryan just needs to get out of his own way and he can make some noise. Uh, Barnacle Boys, Nick and I have been in this together from the start. He's always going to field a good team and be a great manager. Nothing but respect for the commish. Uh, Bobby, a.k.a. The Architect. Bobby's my closest real-life friend out of anyone in this group, and it pained me to see him choke away his season. I know we all have a lot of crap going on and people are busy, but not setting your lineup in what would have won you the first-round matchup is absolutely brutal. It's bizarre because he loves fantasy, and he's in my fantasy baseball league as well, and he's active in that and fantasy basketball. But every now and then, he'll have these inexcusable slip-ups. Regardless, he had a squad this year, and I'm disappointed. Uh, Penis Punchers (laughs) 2.0. He says, I like Garrett. He had a good team. Took Gabe to 4-4 in the semifinals. I expect more good work from him in the coming years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Especially wow. considering the rest of this pod hates Gary. So. And then for uh, Presty to go, once again, nothing bad to say about this man. Love his commentary in the group me most of the time and his loyalty to the Thunder. He put together a hell of a squad and had some great pickups. I expect him to be back in this same spot next year. Wow. This guy definitely is the best analyst out of all of us, uh, without a doubt. My analysis is that Cam stands NBA players and is just has take lock forever. <laughs> That's my analysis. I do. Have, you have Lonnie Walker on your team right now. Yeah. I thought he'd pull I, I, me I will through. Give you props, Cam. Uh, I, I did pick you at the beginning of the year to be a uh, bottom of the barrel team, but I'm really proud of that trade that you made. Really <laughs> catapult yourself into nice. a, 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 a playoff contender there. I, I love. I love it dude yeah nah it, it honestly was a fun season there was a while there i was like bro this is brutal having to do this every day but once you get in a routine it's actually really fun yeah just do it while you're pooping exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah, especially, and especially if you're pooping on the mad exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, what's the next one uh i think that was it i think that's everybody oh well sweet <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I think yeah, I ran. Really quiet today. I guess you don't have much to say when your team just got destroyed by the uh, by the Grizzlies and you didn't make your uh, fantasy playoffs. No, nah, it's pretty much just football reincarnated. Your team sucks ass. So <laughs> all, all you can do is shit get on the Dallas team. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, very similar, actually, eerily similar. That's funny. Well, boys, uh, is there anything I- else before we head out? Nah. How, how are we feeling about the Dallas Cowboys right now? We're not getting into that right now. <laughs> yes, we are. I just, one word answer. Wait, I want to hear you analyze your your uh, your draft. The uh, the NFL draft for the Cowboys yeah. from Zach. Yeah, just just the Cowboys draft pick. Yeah, let's hear a quick analysis, Zach. I I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. We picked so up defense. It was bad. Yeah. It was not that bad. <laughs> no, I mean we would have rather at a corner first round but considering they were all gone i think we did a great job feel about that considering two teams just just really sniped you 
for both the corners that you were looking at. How does that feel? We'll be tough. fine. Now you, get Jay, now you get Jalen Smith Jr. <laughs> I Jaylen, hated our draft. Jalen Hurts as his quarterback. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. I, I, the NFC East is going to be a... Uh, it's a bloodbath again. Every yeah, year. I was going to go I, more with like a, a, a shit show, but... Uh, Alright, well you can hear all this on our fantasy football podcast uh, that Which, we will uh, get we'll started up. Right before our, yeah, right before our fantasy season. So. Yeah, and it's yeah. a lot less Zach on there, so... Well, I was hoping to actually... Ratings will go down. What do you do? You suggest any rule changes going into next year, especially regarding tiebreakers? I know, I know. I me and Zach have talked about it before, but you know, I just want to hear what you guys think. Well, yeah, first, I, like... I, th- I think we should have a play-in for the playoffs since it's such a good idea. That would be cool. Oh, okay. I'd be down. If you do a plan, if like we talked about this before, if we did a plan, it should be a one-day DFS lineup, head to head, and then that can be the plan. Yeah, that'd be cool. And Let's then, do it. And then, if you, if for a tiebreaker, I still like the two K simulation, like on Hall of Fame. And then for rule changes, if the plan still exists, I don't mind going until the last week of the regular season for fantasy but i think if they get rid of the play-in we should probably end a week earlier and also never play never even get close to espn fantasy basketball ever again agreed um find find a new host for the league please well, is there a form that you think we this league too? i was thinking yahoo i think sleeper is gonna switch I over to categories the, yeah if i don't know sleeper what the does get categories sleeper. that'll be the way to go yeah had Brian winning the league. So. Oh, I saw that. He won the, yeah, he won I saw the that. League. Yeah, he did. <laughs> hey. Did he actually set his lineup every week in that? Maybe, I don't know. He, he in the wrong one. Bro, he went undefeated. I'm pretty sure he went undefeated. So he definitely set his lineup because I didn't look at my lineup even once. Yeah, remember when Zach was supposed like to... Uh, moral victory. Yeah, I remember oh, yeah. when Zach was going to update the rosters every week. Yeah. yeah that yeah, was that cool. Was that one week and I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> That was ambitious that was considering cool. <laughs> how often like, you're making changes yeah, to this roster. That was awesome. never happen again. Yeah. <laughs> 4 a.m. Yeah, exactly. I would make uh, I would make pickups just to put them on the trade block. Like I would I would make like real acquisitions from the waiver wire on sleeper just so I could put them on the trade <laughs> block. Oh my gosh, bro. That's so funny. Uh all right, we well give awards out. Uh, how about next week? We can do awards next week. We can text. We can text through awards, and then that'll be like our final pod. It'll be probably like twenty minutes of awards or something. <laughs> that would be cool. But I'm down. Well, Bowie, Bowie, and Gabe, good luck to you guys this week. Uh, honestly, like Bowie, I know you're talking like it might already be over, but I I hope it's close. I hope that we get down to the last oh, couple it's days. Close. There's no doubt it's gonna be close. And it'll be a it'll be a fun one. So. Uh, good luck to you guys, uh, Zach. I have one question for Bowie before we're done. Okay, what is it? Jason, Jose, or Grant? Oh my God, bro! Fuck, Mary, kill. Right, you go first, and then I'll tell you the answer. 
Oh my god. All right, we'll, we'll get back to this after the pod. Yeah, this will be I the can't next. Wait for the intro music or the outro music to just be played over this. Yeah, I'm just gonna cut all of these laughs. But we just keep talking about it. The start of the pod. Can you can you put this? Can you put this segment at the very beginning? Okay. I actually will. I will put it at the beginning of the pod. I can do it. I'll do it. Oh my god. Um Bowie, you wanna do uh an outro for us? <laughs> I've never said that in my life, but hey, you know what? Here, I'll I'll do an outro. Um Alright guys, uh I we well, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, restart, restart. Bowie, restart. I think you disconnected. Are you ready? Yeah. Alright. Um I appreciate everybody shitting on Zach this year. Um uh, we've really made this fun or this league fun for him and myself. Um I hope that for years to come that he's gonna be the laughing stock of this league. And I really don't see him being much better than he was this year, so that's probably a good thing. I expect him more shit talking about Gary and that's weak. Hey. <laughs> oh yeah. We can all agree we all hate Gary. Can we get Gary on the podcast? That's Zach's that's Zach Jr. Heck no. <laughs> Zach Jr. He is my junior. Alright, you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Hey. Take care everyone.